0: Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontes, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, if you're listening to us via podcast, I want to say thank you for joining us. And we pray this message would help you take your next step closer to Jesus. You know, there, there was a guy who who wasn't paying attention he just drove into the ditch you know my wife and i went, and our kids when we lived in iowa the the idea of a ditch and those here we know what it means that means when you go off the road you ain't coming back out without help because you're going into a ditch six feet eight feet three feet depends on who's been maintaining the ditch But this guy drove into a ditch, but luckily there was a farmer on his tractor, and he just made his way right over there to see if he can give a hand. And well, sure enough, the the tractor went out. So he ran back home and got the horse. And the horse's name was Buddy. But Buddy was blind. And Buddy was old, and Buddy didn't like to work. So he got the horse there, and he hooked him all up to the car and the bumper, and then he starts yelling out. He says, pull, Buster, pull! Then he yells out, pull, Coco, pull! And then finally he says, pull, Buddy, pull! And yeah, and sure enough, Buddy pulled that, that car right out of the ditch. And the guy goes, I got to ask you, why'd you keep calling Buddy by a different name? He goes, I didn't call him by a different name. He says, You got to understand something about Buddy. He's lazy. If he thinks he's the only one pulling, he ain't going to pull because he's, de- he's blind, so he doesn't know. You know, I can remember my dad pulling me out of a few ditches of life. And some of them were, let's say, some really serious situations with the vehicle and my dad came. But some of them would be different altogether, but still a ditch of sorts. You know, there's something unique about the relationship between a caring and a loving father and a child. There is something instinctive about a child that that wants, that desires a father's blessing upon their life. Now, a day like today, Father's Day, can be a difficult day for a lot of people because maybe dad wasn't there growing up. Maybe dad was not a nice and caring and loving father. Maybe dad has recently passed, and it makes it difficult. We buried my wife's dad this last week. It's a little bit harder than normal. And so, Father's Day can be a little bit difficult, can it? Depending on your background and your situation. And so I want to pray for us. Lord, I pray, I don't care if somebody's here in their 90s, if there is still something that hurts at the mention of Dad's name, I pray for them today. I pray, Father, that you would heal that wound. For those who are struggling because there was just an absent father, just wasn't Dad. Maybe he passed, maybe... He just was never in in, in a person's life. God, that's a wound that only you can heal. And only you can bring hope to. And for those who maybe have lost a dad. And it hurts. In a way that only you, Holy Spirit, can bring hope and comfort in a time of grief but Lord, it doesn't mean we don't celebrate fatherhood because you are the greatest father there is and ever will be. And may we always reach out for your hand and you'll pull us up out of each and every ditch we fall into. We love you, Lord. Come this Father's Day, your will, your way. In Jesus' holy name, Amen. In the Old Testament, the Jewish people, they would bestow what's called a a paternal blessing. It's done in a very public manner, and it represents a paternal love for the child, a blessing that says, I'm proud of you, a message of favor and, and, and of hope and of a future. It's a spiritual covering. A paternal blessing has such incredible power on the life and the heart of a child. We begin to kind of see this in Genesis chapter 48, verses 8 through 16. If you want to follow along in your bulletin or follow along with the screens. Verse 8, then Israel saw Joseph's sons. Now, let me give you a little background here. Um, Israel or Jacob, it's the same guy, it's kind of like Robert and Bob, okay? So it's the same person, don't be confused. And remember there's been this long separation between Israel or Jacob because he thinks his son Joseph has died. He was killed by a wild animal, thank you to his brothers, long story, let's fast forward. And God does a miracle and now has moved Joseph to like second in command. And he has gotten a vision about the famine coming, and he is prepared for it. And he rescues and saves not only himself and all of of Egypt, but he now is rescuing and saving his own personal family, gets to see his dad. Well, dad is also, unbeknownst to dad, he's now a grandfather. And he has these two boys, young men. And this is where we're picking up the story. Then Israel, or Jacob, saw Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons, whom God has given me in this place. And he said, now, Jacob says, Bring them to me, and I will bless them. So this is a powerful moment. He says, bring them to me. It's much like the picture of Jesus saying, For his sake not the little ones, bring them to me, and I will bless them. Do you catch the moment here? Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age, so, so he could not see. Then Joseph brought them near him, and he... You understand... He kissed them, meaning himself. Joseph is now kissing his own boys before he brings them to his granddad, to the father, his father. Wow. He kissed them and he embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but in fact God has now shown me your offspring. You could hear his voice almost cracking with gratitude. I thought you were dead. Not only are you not dead, but you're alive. Not only are you not alive, but now you're two sons? Wow. So Joseph brought them from beside his knees, and he bowed down with his face to the earth. So here's the guy second in command of everything, and he's showing reverence To his father. Is that not amazing? Let's start at verse 13. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand towards Israel's left, and Manasseh with his left hand towards Israel's right hand, and brought them near him. Then Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hand knowingly. For Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, Go before whom my father Abraham and Isaac walk, the God who has fed me all, all my life long to this day. The angel who has redeemed me from evil, bless the lads. Let my name be named upon them. and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. He shifts his hands. Instead of putting that right hand on top of the older, because the older always got a, a bigger portion of blessing. But he did a switcheroo. Tells me he was hearing the voice of God. Sometimes it doesn't matter the order you were born. God will fix it. Did you catch that? See, a blessing is something that instinctively we we want. Every individual wants a blessing. What we see in this passage is a paternal blessing being bestowed on Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, by their grandfather Jacob. The word paternal actually means fatherly. Deriving from the Greek word, where we get from the Greek word, which is "pater," where we get the word "father." So, the fatherly blessing, or grandfatherly blessing, is being said over Ephraim and Manasseh. Here in this text, and according to the Jewish Encyclopedia, the paternal blessing was the most valuable heritage that parents could bestow. On their children the parents goodwill and blessing were regarded as the greatest and happiest thing that a child could receive in the greek and in latin the word blessing is elogia where we get eulogy benedicto which also suggests speaking where we get benediction it's all about speaking good encouraging words And from its earliest appearance in the Old Testament, the blessing is revealed as paternal or as fatherly as a gift of life. His name is C.A. Borschen. And in the article that he wrote for the Journal of Youth Ministry, he noted that The blessing, which simply stated is the father's acknowledgement and acceptance of the father's adulthood status, and more importantly, his masculinity, allows the son to leave childhood and adolescence and attach himself to the parents behind and progress into adult emotional status. The event... Necessary for this transition is, as he says, the Father's blessing. A message that you are a man, a son. For a moment, let's look at the nature of the blessing in this passage of the Scripture. There in verse 10, we see that Joseph brought his two sons to their granddad to receive his blessing. And Joseph conveyed the message of blessing himself when he kissed them and then embraced them before he presented them to the grandfather. You see, there is something about a paternal, wholesome touch that says, I love you. That when you go up and you and you just even put a hand on their shoulder, when you embrace, In my Mexican heritage, to this day, I can go to my father's house, walk in, and the first thing he'll do is embrace me and kiss me on my cheek. It's a sense of, I love you. Welcome. And here, Joseph is is embracing these young men. Giving them acceptance and love. In this powerful moment, this element of this wholesome paternal touch is, is incredibly critical and important in the relationship between a father and a child. For it conveys that message that a father is saying, I accept you, I love you as a person, as an individual we're also seeing this element of touch being demonstrated there in verse 14. When Israel, or Jacob, placed his hand on each of the boys' heads, a father can demonstrate the vital element of touch just through a hug. Even just a touch on the shoulder. There's something very special there. It says, you're valuable and you're precious to me. In verse 16, Israel said in his blessing, let my name be named upon them. And the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. He is saying, they get my name, I vouch for them i love them however it goes out i take credit good or bad that's how much i believe in them wow wow what we see is this immense bestowal of trust and confidence being placed on these two boys simply because They're Joseph's boys. And he believes in what he taught into Joseph. We also see in this verse that Jacob prayed for Ephraim and Manasseh. And he said, grow into a great multitude in the midst of the earth. This was once again the communication and the confidence in the two sons that they would be successful in life. You know, again, instinctively, every person desires to receive that paternal blessing. For example, in the Bible, we see that Jacob was tricked by his son, Isaac. So here's what's going on. Jacob, which means deceiver, right? And mom, you can tell he got this from mom because mom is the trickster. She's the one who's going to pull, manipulate things. Well, his buddy es- his brother Esau came back from hunting and he's starving. And, you know, so mama's boy over here has stew cooked up and ready to go. And he says, I'll tell you what, you give me your right as the oldest son, your blessing. You give it to me. Let me have your birthright and I'll give you some stew because I don't care about that. I'm so hungry. Just give me the stew. You can have the birthright. So now dad's getting to the point that he's going to die. So he's asking for like his final meal. Mom picks up on it and she gets this fake hair from one of the animals, puts it on his arms because Esau's like a man's man. He's like a, like a bear walking around all the time. He's just got hair everywhere. So when he shows up, he had the voice of mama's boy, Jacob, the deceiver. And he says, come here. And he grabbed his arm. He says, but you got the hair. Because he had the fake hair from the animal on his arm. Because mama knew that's what he'd do. So he gave him the blessing. And so now Esau finds out that his blessing has been given to his younger brother. And this is where we pick up this verse. Now listen to this verse. This is a grown man. With children. And in Genesis 27, verse 34, when Esau heard his father's words, his father's words were saying, I just gave away the blessing. I can't rescind it. I'm sorry. It's it. There's nothing I can do. So when Esau heard his father's words, he let out a loud and bitter cry. And here's what he says. Oh, my Father, what about me? Bless me. Bless me too. In the original Hebrew, it is as though, have you ever seen somebody, maybe at a gravesite, where they're just, that person, that child is on top of the the casket. And they're weeping from their gut. That's what's going on here. That's exactly what the Hebrew word says. He's mourning. He's grieving. He is literally screaming, Father! It's a horrible situation. See, our our lives become full of anguish and confusion and insecurity and bitterness without our parents' blessing. The blessing from our parents is something that we all desire and desperately want and desperately need. I don't care if you're young, old. I don't care if you've got great-grandchildren. We all want it. For without it, a young man, a young woman will struggle against a life that it's just flooded with rebellion now. It's flooded with chaos and struggle, pain, and problems. Because there's something about dad's blessing, mama's blessing. When there's a lack of blessing, it leads to spiritual problems, which literally just bleed over into so many different areas of our life. Everyone longs to be accepted by others. Oh, we may say, I don't care what other people think. Yeah, actually you do. How do you know? Because you said, I don't care what other people think. We all care. Some at this level, some at that level. But the truth is, is we all care. We yearn for that paternal affection and acceptance of our parents. You know, there's something... We've had the privilege of, you know, because we're grandparents now. How many know there's nothing really much better than me and a grandparent? Yeah. So I want to make sure you guys are awake. And I'll tell you, there's something that just brings tears to your eyes when, when you just get them and you just have them on your chest and you're just holding them and they just want to be there. They just snuggle up and you're like, wow. I thought it was cool when I had kids. That ain't nothing compared to this. And they don't do anything. They eat, they sleep, they poop. And they don't apologize. I've had to change diapers twice. Chris was in the other room. And I called her name. I know she heard me. I love Ava. I love Calvin. It's not because they do something, it's that they are something. They're my grandchild. And that's the same with the blessing. You don't have to do anything to earn the blessing, it's because you're you. You're the son, you're the daughter. And the Lord says, I give it freely. There's a story, it's somewhat of a painful story about a guy named Brian. And he's there at, his, at the bedside of his father. And he gets there. The body's motionless. And there he is, Brian. As he's crying over the body and he's saying, Please, please, Dad, tell me you love me. See, his tears really revealed a deeper pain that had tormented Brian for years. Brian literally flew halfway across the country to try to reconcile years and years of resentment. All of his life, Brian had been searching for his dad's acceptance and approval. And it just seemed to be just out of reach. Brian's dad had been a Marine. He was an officer, and he wanted Brian to follow in his footsteps. So to prepare Brian for the the Corps, it was hard. He was just hard on him, and and he was very, very rarely ever showing affection and love and tenderness to his son. Brian wanted his father's blessing, so he went in to become a Marine like his dad. But while he was there in the Marine Corps with the drill sergeant, he had a big fight. And he went at it one-on-one with the drill sergeant. He got written up and he got dishonorably discharged. When his father found out, as a Marine officer, he refused to let him into his house and refused to speak to him for years and years and years. Brian got engaged three times to get married. And three times right before the wedding, a few weeks before the wedding, he'd back out and call the wedding off. He got into jobs, but there were jobs that were way beneath his skill set and his experience. And refused because he didn't want the pain of rejection. He struggled, and he struggled his whole life, just wanting his dad's approval. So when Brian was notified that his dad was dying, that he had a heart attack, he rushed clear across the country, but as he was getting there, his dad had fell into a coma and never came out. So when Brian arrived, got into the room, He's just crying out, Dad, will you please wake up? See, that statement reveals that incredible sense of loss, of hopelessness. It was so emotional and in a spiritual sense of losing any chance of gaining his father's blessing. The results of never having a family blessing or that fatherly blessing can be devastating some are driven to be workaholics some are driven to be an addict of this or that and they search for the blessing that they never received at home some are always striving to be approved and accepted they never feel satisfied a lot of times the reason they work so hard is so at least they'll get those attaboys and pats on the back as a substitute of a blessing. His name's Bill Glass. He's an evangelist. And he visited hundreds of prisons each year. And he has found one characteristic to be true of every prisoner he ever visited he says, quote, I would say there are many extenuating circumstances that cause criminology. In other words, causing somebody to do a crime. But there is one thing that is always true they always have a father problem. The father's blessing has altogether to do with how a person turns out in life. There wasn't one man on death row that loved his father. There wasn't one man on death row that loved his father. Parents, he said, can do all the right things, but failing to bless their children will mean that the children either won't make it, will live to hate their parents, or grow up twisted on the inside. It's powerful, Dad. The bestowal of the blessing on the good side promotes spiritual health. The blessing for a child in many ways helps settle the question about their identity and about their destiny. And it frees the person to flourish and to do well. And the blessing brings an official closure to childhood and it opens up the world to adulthood, to manhood, to womanhood. So how do you bestow this blessing, dad, or even even mom? Well, you need to communicate, I believe, four very powerful, heartfelt truths to your children. If you want to write this down, I encourage you to do so. Number one, you need to tell this child, him or her, one, I love you. You can't do anything to earn it. And you can't do anything to unearn it. I love you. I love you. You're a gift from the Lord. And I love you not because of what you do. But because of you being you. How many of you grandparents or great grandparents kind of say, sometimes I need to hear that. Here's another one. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Tell them why you're proud of. I'm proud of you. You're good at things. You're funny. You know what the girls? They don't always want to hear because you're pretty. No, no, they don't always want to hear that. Why? Why do you say you're proud of me, Dad? Have an answer. I see how you serve the Lord. I see what a wonderful woman of God you are. I see your tenderness towards other people. And you're funny. Oh, your laughter. You're inspirational. You tell them. Number three, you tell them, I approve of you. I love you. More importantly, I like you. Oh, did you catch me how I said that? A kid wants to know you if I like them. Everybody's got to love me. You're my mom. You're my dad. But do you like me? That feels different, doesn't it? Here's another one. I bestow a spiritual blessing and favor on you. And on your future, on your marriage, on your children, on your life. Wow. Do you know that that is your spiritual privilege and right as a father, as a mother, to pray that blessing over your kids? I don't care if they're this big or if they're this big. You can still do it. Well, I've already done it. Good, and I'll do it again. Don't ever stop. It's kind of like, I told my wife I loved her 35 years ago. What does she want? I haven't changed my mind. How about every day? Every day. Make it new and fresh. Now, the more you share these four items, the more that you can share them publicly, I think the better off it will be. See, this was designed, you know, they have this thing called the bar mitzvah for the Jews. The idea of being able to do some kind of a ceremony where it's public, it has such a greater impact. It will be a marker in that child's life. Maybe it's done at a ceremony that you you create. You make that event for that. Maybe it's at a wedding. Maybe it's at a graduation or at a birthday. Whatever it is, whenever it is. Make sure it's clear that you are bestowing the blessing. Maybe they have children. That's okay. Still do it. Watch. Here's the thing. I know sometimes we didn't get it. So here's the thing. Don't let that stop you from giving it. We're going to get into that in just a second. Now, if you're a teenager, if you're a young adult or even a grown adult, it can be easy to notice all the shortcomings of dad. I bet if I was to ask on this front row here, from all these kids, could you reveal one thing about dad that's a shortcoming, they would go, oh no, I could reveal many things. Okay? It's not hard to find the wrong thing about a person. Especially a dad or a mom. But a couple thoughts come to mind. Number one, do you know that your dad was a kid once too? Who most likely had a dad who struggled? Who didn't know how to bestow the blessing upon that kid who you call dad now? Also, if you have never received the blessing, I sincerely grieve with you and for you. But today, right here, right now, you have an opportunity to change the trajectory of your family line. Dad didn't do this for me. Mom didn't do this for me. But you can turn around and say, I'm going to bestow on my family a brand new blessing so that what was done to me and that curse can be broken, that a blessing could fall upon my family and upon their children and upon their children's children. And did you know that a dad is not a dad simply because of blood? I'm adopted and I have a dad. Sometimes more than yours because he chose me. You might have been a surprise to mom and dad. A stepdad is still a dad. An individual who steps in, a coach, a teacher, a neighbor, who steps in into that role to bring that masculine, biblical manhood into the life of a young person, you're a dad. You're a dad. Larry's a dad but he's a dad of not just his daughter he's a dad of thousands of students they called him Mr. Ba but he was their dad he was their dad It's not in your notes but in 2 Corinthians 5:17 this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person the old life is gone a new life has begun Dad didn't give me the blessing, but you're now in Christ. That old thing has gone away. Now start something brand new. You catch that? We don't have to be cursed by the old. Because of Christ, we're new. Fathers, I want to encourage you to bless your children daily. Don't hesitate to communicate your love and blessing. And children if your fathers or even your mothers have failed to bless you, would you ask the Lord to bring healing to your heart? And then I would ask you to reach out to the Lord and say, Lord, what do I do now? Because there's some relationships one of the worst things to do is try to reach out to them because it's not going to go well and you know that. Or some of, sometimes the situation is they're not around. And you have to trust the Lord to pour into your life and to be your heavenly Father for that. And sometimes the Lord may save, reach out and talk to Him. Seek the Lord, He'll show you. But most importantly, forgive. If you don't forgive, That the blessing wasn't given to you. If you don't forgive that, you cannot give the blessing to your children. Not in full. He has to forgive. He has to let that go. You see, what's most important is that we have a Heavenly Father who does love. A Heavenly Father Who is proud of you, a heavenly father who does accept you, a heavenly father who does have a hope and a future just for you. There's a couple of verses I want to share, and then we're gonna be done. The one in Luke refers to the scripture of the Old Testament of Malachi, as you'll see as I as I read. Luke 1. And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. He's referring to John the Baptist here, right? To turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now let's go to Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. He will turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children Catch this part. And the hearts of the children to their fathers, so that I will not come and strike the land with complete destruction. Do you see? God wants the father to have a heart for the kids. But did you catch the part of the kids in Malachi having a heart towards their father? Wow! Wow! So on Father's Day, it's a time for dads to rethink some things as a father. It's time to be reminded of bestowing the blessing to our children, young, and whether they're grown. But there's also a need. There's a need for fathers to verbally tell their children, whether you're a stepfather, whether you're an adoptive father, whether you're a father figure in the community. Tell them, I love you, dad. For, excuse me, to tell those kids that. But now there's also this part of the children. We dads need something too. We need the hearts of the children to come back to dad. We need to hear them say, Hey dad, I love you dad. Dad also needs to hear, Thank you, Dad. Thank you for being there. Thank you for all you've done. We also need to hear, I need you, Dad. I know I'm grown. I know I'm married. I know I have a family. But, Dad, I still need you. And I'm blessed because of you. Number four, dad, I want you to know something. I want you to know that I'm proud to be your son or your daughter. Now, depending on your upbringing, that may not be easy. But a dad who's tried to be the best that he can be, those are some of the things we need. Why? Why? Because there's probably not a dad in this room who'd say, who wouldn't say, "I did it perfectly." Nobody would say I did it perfectly. We would say, "I wish I would have done this differently. I wish I would have done that differently. I'm so sorry I did this. I'm so sorry I wasn't there for that. I don't know what I was thinking when I did this." So when a kid turns around and says those things. Want to see a grown man cry, that will happen. Well, Father, I lift up these men. These men of God. I pray blessing be upon them and upon their, their marriages, their children, their children's children, and generations yet to come that they may never see. I pray for salvation for their children. I pray blessing on their marriages. I pray, Father, that You would let them know how much You love them. I pray You would let them know how proud You are of them. Lord, how instinctively we go to all of our shortcomings. But Lord, You, because of the blood of Jesus, You don't stare at anything but the Lamb of of God that makes us clean and white as snow. Bless them. Bless them, Lord, and let them know how You approve of them, their uniqueness, their special giftings. How, Father, You just want to spend time with them just to be in their presence, for You to be in their presence. Lord, let them know that You hear their prayers. Let them know, Father, that You have a hope and a future for them. That no matter what their age is, you are not done using them. I pray blessing on the hand that they use to advance the kingdom of God to see the lost come to Christ. Oh Lord, help them to bless their children. Help them to bless their children's children. God, show them how to say I love You. Show them how to say I'm proud of You. Show them how to say I approve, I accept You. Show them how to bestow a blessing of a future and of a hope. Oh God, help them. And to go big and do that in public. God, we thank You. I pray You bless Your church. and Help us to celebrate well as we lift up a day her dad your will your way In jesus holy name amen well we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to jesus here's a great question to ask yourself right now how will i be different because of what i just heard today well for more info about us go to rrf.church or find us on facebook i'm pastor marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us